0: What is up, party people? Welcome back, at long last, to the Chance Pod. I'm your host, Sarah Jensen, who spent the last few months in a mixture of being burnt out, depressed, and/or betrayed in Pokemon Legends Arceus. I realize it's grammatically unclear whether burnt out and depressed apply to Pokemon Legends Arceus in addition to betrayed, but I, I think it's accurate either way. Today we've got chapters sixty-three and sixty-four, continuing the Valor Tournament. As um as far as the release schedule goes, I think I'm just going to say I'll do what I can when I can, but I can't promise anything consistent for a little bit. I've got to take care of myself, you know? Speaking of taking care of yourself, we've got a content warning in chapter 64 for some depresso time, so feel free to listen to the second half of the episode on a more cheerful day. Alright, let's get to it. Chapter 63. All my other friends. Cheery music embraced us as we wove between tourists, trainers, and stalls, fully immersing us in the festival. We passed by food stalls selling garlic fries, egg puffs, elotes, dorayaki, hot chocolate, and all manner of fried foods and foreign foods I couldn't recognize. They weren't organized according to any specific food category, so their scents mixed into a wild cacophony in the air, vaguely savory but with individual flavors poking out. Boutiques and carnival games lined the paths between the four arenas, advertising tournament merch and Chimchar Ladder Climb, and a gift basket raffle and Piplup Bubble Burst.
1: I don't understand how the booths are organized,
0: Thomas said. They're not, I replied. There was a fenced-off lawn devoted to a daycare for small children and baby Pokémon. Someone had set it up for Capture the Flag, but the tiny players were neglecting the flags and lines in favor of something like tag. At the edge of the enclosure, a shaded area housed a crafts table, where kids strung beaded bracelets and glued together foam crowns with plastic jewels. A Jigglypuff and toddler sitting across from each other were each drawing a picture of the other in crayon. In the center of the festival was a massive round stage raised above the path. Huge balls of water hovered overhead, held up by several psychic Pokemon. Water Pokemon swam through the levitating orbs, diving in and out of them to the ambient carnival music. A Vaporeon traced Aqua Jet spirals around the spheres, which a Gardevoir caught and held into the air like ribbons. For the finale, the water coalesced around a Gyarados, who whipped the water into a Twister. The other Pokemon disappeared from the stage, as the Twister spun faster and faster, suddenly bursting into a fine mist that settled gently over the crowd, the Gyarados nowhere to be seen. The audience applauded, and then dispersed. Thomas and I spent about an hour and a half exploring, and also trying some of the carnival games, which I was generally better at, before we headed to the Diamond Arena for Lucas's battle. Lucas's round one was against a guy named Akiel Sate, whose pseudo-wudo used Harden about 8,000 times and basically turned immortal. The obvious answer was special attacks, but Lucas couldn't switch out his Houndoom, whose attacks were all either physical or fire.
1: We should get going.
0: Thomas whispered around the 18-minute mark. We have time, I muttered back, refusing to look away from the battlefield. Dawn's battle started in two minutes, but I didn't want to leave Lucas's. But I also didn't want Dawn to think I cared less about her. Would either of them even notice? Lucas's handoom fell around 19 and a half minutes. He promptly set out his Torterra, who took out the pseudoudo with a single Razor Leaf.
1: Evelyn, we gotta go now if we're gonna make it to Don's battle.
0: Okay, I whispered, watching Lucas's Torterra fight a Magcargo. He had the grass disadvantage, but a double ground advantage, so he'd be fine, right? But they each had one Pokemon left after this, and that could go either way. I kept turning back to check on the battle, as Thomas and I crept out of the stadium. When Lucas was finally out of sight, I turned forward and we ran. We darted between festival-goers, I nearly tripped over a party of small children and fluffy Pokemon running at breakneck speed through the festival. Upon reaching the Pearl Arena, I let Def out for a second to memorize the location for teleportation. Just in case, I'll try to snag the other arenas later. Thomas arrived after me, breathing much harder than I was, and we flashed our trainer passes at the man at the front entrance. He waved us in. Dawn's battle had begun. I checked my Poketch. We were about three minutes into our battle. Her scissor was up against a Golbat, which currently meant that their aerial battle was taking place over the audience's heads.
1: They can do that?
0: Thomas wondered, still sounding winded. As long as they don't land outside the arena, it's all fair game. Don scissor, Eric I think, slashed with an X-scissor, sending the Golbat spinning in the air. He flew over, took the Golbat in his claws, and hurled him at the stands. The Golbat crashed into an empty seat. Golbat is out of bounds and thus disqualified, which means Don Burlitz of Twinleaf Town wins the match. My jaw dropped.
1: That's that's it.
0: Sudden death match, I guess. We hadn't even taken a seat yet. Maybe we could still make it back for Lucas's battle. Don spotted us and waved, climbing the bleacher stairs instead of exiting to the green room. Hey, glad you could make it," she said, grinning widely. "Congrats on the win. Thanks. Did Lucas win too? Uh. Yep. I heard behind me. I turned and saw a boy in a cadabra. We did it! Dawn threw her arms up in celebration.
2: It just round one,
0: Lucas said, seeming pleased nonetheless. As much as I didn't understand him anymore, I could still read the warmth in his eyes. I casually pressed my arm against my stomach, pushing against a wave of nausea. Thomas and I were exploring the food stalls when someone tapped him on the shoulder.
1: Tommy! How's it going, man?
0: Thomas turned and his face lit up.
1: Hey, you made it.
0: They hugged. The guy gestured at me.
1: Who's your friend? This is Evelyn. Evelyn, this is my cousin Navid.
0: Nice to meet you. Navid raised his eyebrows at Thomas.
1: It's not like that. Wrong kind of friend.
0: Ah oh, yeah, cool. I thought. Go ahead and shoot it down like that. That's definitely fine and necessary.
1: Whatever you say, Tomas. Hey, my family's just gonna get lunch. Wanna join?
0: Thomas looked at me. Don't let me stop you, I said, physically backing up. Go for it.
1: You sure? You could join us.
0: I'm sure. There was a splatter of bitterness in my stomach driving me away from him. Go hang out with your cousins. I'll see you later.
1: Okay, then. Nice meeting you.
0: Naveed said cheerfully, walking away with a friend that I shouldn't have been mad at because he was right we weren't that kind of friends. Ugh, whatever. I just hang out with all of my many other friends. The crowd around me was suddenly a churning sea of loneliness. I floated where I was, then drifted toward a stall advertising tacos. While I was waiting for my order to be ready, someone beside me spoke.
2: Oh, hey. Evelyn, right?
0: I recognized him. Yeah. Sean, right? I battled him in the Celeste Tournament.
2: Yeah. How you been?
0: Pretty good. You?
2: Doing great. Made it through the first round, gonna eat some nachos, we're having a blast.
0: Our orders were ready around the same time. After retrieving them, he looked at his cardboard box, then at me.
2: you want to find a place to sit?
0: Sure, I said, even though I'd meant to wander around with my burrito. No point in complaining. I'd found another boat. We couldn't find a bench or picnic table with space, so in the end we sat on the ground next to the daycare fence.
2: So, how'd your round one go?
0: He asked, opening his box of nachos. Went pretty well. It was a two-on-two, so it was quick. How was yours?
2: It was good! Had a four-on-four double battle, which worked well with my team setup.
0: How so? He listed a few double battle combos with his team, something like earthquake-slash-flying-type-slash- Discharge slash ground types, I'm not sure exactly it was a lot more than that. Damn, that's well thought out. I had no idea how I'd tackle a double battle. We continued to talk as we ate lunch. My impression of him as a high-energy guy turned translucent through our conversation, revealing an underlying layer that was a lot more relaxed and thoughtful. Kindness, in addition to energy. He asked how my Evie was doing, and I brought Kerr out, and he was thrilled. Afterwards, we explored the festival a little more. Sean was much better at carnival games than Thomas, even when he claimed he wasn't good at a particular game. He won a stuffed Oshawott by throwing frisbees into buckets. I sank zero out of three frisbees. There was also a Pokemon trivia booth, where two-person teams could compete for prizes. Sean and I lost to a pair of ten-year-olds who knew some obscure Pokemon facts we'd never heard before. Did you know pseudo Wudo's name comes from pseudo Wudo, aka FAKE WOOD, because we didn't and it blew our fucking minds. We let that happen, right? I whispered as we left.
2: Oh, for sure. Otherwise, those kids would have had their butts handed to them,
0: Sean said with pretend shock. Yeah, you're right. Any self-respecting trainer would have let those literal children win.
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: Along the way, we ran into trainers we knew. He introduced me to Axel Tokuyama and Angelica Flores, whom I'd seen or battled before but never really spoken to. We also found AJ Kor, Kyle Nguyen, and Tejal Vadia. and while I didn't know them super well, I figured I knew them enough to introduce them to Sean and we had a great 5 minute chat, in which I cried laughing before parting ways. Snippets of muted round 1 battles occupied the Conqueror screens when we made it back to the Main Arena. It felt weirdly quiet, after being out in a musical environment for so long, but it made it easier to talk. Some other trainers joined us as we waited for 2.30 to hit. I'd met Ashley De Leon, but not Michelle Wolfe or Emily Wu. We talked about, I don't know, trainer things, like whether flying or teleporting was better transportation. Teleporting was the obvious answer to me, but some of them were more into the thrill of flying, and the fact that no one seemed to be able to beat Volkner anymore. I got him out of the way early, before I had to face a harder team, Michelle said. Definitely would recommend. Ashley nodded. My friend Kyle did that. I've been putting Sunny Shore off as a big finale to my badge run, because, like, coming full circle in my hometown... But now I'm just endlessly stuck at seven badges. I hear he's up the minimum badge count to seven to challenge him, Emily said. You're joking. Nope.
2: I went to Sunny Shore 2nd back in September, said Sean. I trained for weeks before challenging him. After I lost three times, I went to Pistoria, boom, two badges. And then I got to Veilstone the next day, boom, three. All without training past what I did in Sunny Shore.
0: What is this man playing at? Ashley fumed. If a trainer deserves the badge, you're supposed to let them have it, even if that means throwing the match. It's just gym leadering 101. And special requirements for specific gyms aren't sanctioned by the Sinnoh League. If he doesn't want to give any badges at all, then he shouldn't be a gym leader. He ought to challenge the Elite Four, Emily suggested. He could easily edge out Aaron for sure. I'm less sure about Bertha because of the ground electric matchup, but honestly, Volkner could probably do it. Yeah, but then he'd have to fight his boyfriend, Flint, Michelle pointed out. They're finally dating? Ashley said, interested. No, but come on. Everyone sees the sexual tension between those two. And what gay person hasn't fallen for their best friend? I mean, come on. We've all done that. My stomach clenched. Was that really a thing?
2: Oh, hold up. It's starting.
0: Sean said, looking at the concourse screens. The screens didn't attract attention this time because they were still muted. Whoops. But the giggles that danced around the crowd of trainers drew people's attention eventually. Marion finished whatever she was saying, and the animated playing cards flipped their way around the screen in a series of disembodied sled of hand motions. A few trainers oohed and odd melodramatically. When the cards settled, they'd paired up in even second round matches. No more buys in the tournament. I found myself paired against Etana Bing in a 7PM Battle Platinum Arena. In looking at the other pairings, I found more faces I recognized than the usual Thomas Lucas Don. Emily Wu was facing AJ Core, Sean Obi was paired with Axel Tokuyama, And I found Michelle and Ashley and Kyle as well. Don and Lucas were facing trainers I didn't recognize, but Thomas... I winced. He was up against Caitlin Cabot, who beat him in the Celestic Tournament semifinals before winning overall. And they'd be fighting in the main arena, which meant they were the top-ranked battle of the time slot and would be televised. Hey. Thomas said, suddenly by me. I jumped. Ah, hey. How was lunch? It was good. I met a bunch of people, hung out with... As I was gesturing toward the trainers I'd spent the last few hours with, I realized Ashley and Emily were missing. The whole crowd was thinner, actually. Ah, shit, My time-skipped again. And I'd been doing so well. I bet they tried to say bye and I just ignored them and stared at the screens. Um, how was your lunch?
1: Pretty good. Got to see family. Ready for round two? Yeah, you? You bet.
0: He said cheerfully.
1: After the first round bye, my Pokemon are ready to go.
0: Does he not remember Caitlyn? Should I tell him? In the end, I let it slide because he was in such a good mood that I didn't want to worry him. Maybe this was just confidence. I said goodbye to Sean and Michelle and walked back out to rejoin the festival with Thomas. Chapter 64 Univens. Thomas and I meandered around the festival for a while, although he didn't seem to want to commit to any of the activity booths. He actually looked concerned when I suggested trying the grown person-sized bouncy castle. Okay, fine, be an adult about it, gosh. When I proposed going to the learn-how-to-make-poffin stand he'd been so excited about earlier, he frowned and said, Are you okay? I blinked. I… yeah, I am. Are you?
1: I'm not the one trying to distract herself from her battle.
0: I was bewildered. I mean, you are taking it shockingly well, considering.
1: What's it about this time?
0: It's not about anything. I'm just trying to enjoy the festival. Thomas clearly wasn't buying it. Evelyn? I'm not trying to distract myself, honest, I said, raising my hands. It's not like I'm the one facing off against the victor of the Celestic Tournament. Thomas frowned.
1: Who's that a reference to?
0: I grimaced. I wasn't going to bring it up, but your opponent won the Celestic Tournament. The frown turned to one of confusion.
1: But- That was Caitlyn Cabot who won. Yeah? And I'm battling Andrew Nguyen.
0: You... what?
1: This isn't about me, though. It's almost 2.50 and you're acting like your battle isn't coming up soon. You're not stuck in your head again, are you?
0: My battle's at 7.
1: No, it's not.
0: 7pm, Platinum Arena, Itana Bing?
1: 3pm, Diamond Arena, Renee Fernier.
0: We held a brief, confused staring contest before I realized. My time jump! I went back before I went forward. It does that? It does now. Chance must have rewritten the lineups. We made it to the Diamond Arena with five minutes to spare. I felt nauseous. I hadn't gotten the chance to prepare myself for this battle.
1: Hey, you got this.
0: The sheer certainty in his voice eased my nerves a little. Thanks, I said. I walked toward the green room. He headed to the stands. Entering the green room brought back the full feeling of, oh, is oh fuck, I'm not ready for this. I almost missed this entirely. Uh. I checked the wall for the time. Four minutes to go. But what if time started to skip again and I froze in the room just outside my battle? I exhaled, tilting my head toward the ceiling. My heart was pounding. I couldn't battle in this state. How could I calm down? There was a part of me that wanted to call Megan. Something in me instinctively knew it would help. But I didn't have enough time, and she might not pick up out of the blue. I fumbled in my bag for my headphones. They were threaded between other items, but luckily that meant they weren't tangled. I plugged them into my ears and my poke and pressed shuffle. I smiled at the opening chords. It was one of my favorites. I sank into an armchair facing the curtain doorway to the battlefield and the clock above it. As the clock ticked down the seconds till 3pm, at a steady pace miraculously, my heartbeat sank back to a normal tempo and volume. The sick feeling in my stomach faded. By the time the stage manager came backstage for me, the song was winding down, and I felt ready. I put my headphones away, smiling.
2: This will be a best-of-five single battle between Renee Founier of Iseris City and Evelyn Myers of Twinleaf Town. Substitutions will mandatorily be made between matches. The battle will conclude when one side has won three matches. Battlers, are you ready?
0: Ready. Good to go, said Renee, a girl in black who looked a few years younger than me. Battle. Begin. Hope, it's yours. Smiless. She sent a black-and-blue two-headed dragon out onto the flat, basic, dirt battlefield. Oh no, not a Univin! I didn't know Unova's wildlife. Hope, into the air. Hope took off. The z- was something spread her wings and flapped hard, rising swiftly into the air. Oh good, Hope won't have a distance advantage. Fantastic. Zuelus, ice fang. Hope, magical leaf. Don't let her near you. Hope ascended quickly, blasting leaves behind her. The Zuelus flew straight through them. Right, okay, dragon type probably. Any secondary type? Maybe flying? Shockwave! Hope sends a beam of electricity behind her, which the Zoelus brushed aside as well. No, not effective. Time skipped. Hope and Zoelus were in different spots, but I couldn't tell if it was a forward or backward jump. Hope Swift! The move hit the Zoelus, and... I mean, it did a little more than the other moves, so I guess this Pokemon wasn't a rock type. Surely this wasn't pure dragon? Zoelus, use Crunch. Oh, hold up. Hope, Aurasphere! Hope launched a periwinkle blue orosphere behind her. It wasn't even close to hitting, which meant she hadn't even tried to aim. Zuelis didn't need to dodge. Hope still had a strong speed lead, whirling around the arena with Zuelis in pursuit. Maybe we could use that? Hope! Time jumped again. They were up high. And then again. Higher still, and zuelis had nearly caught up to her, ice glinting in her teeth. Hope! Words were too slow, so I switched to communicating through Kerr and visualized what I wanted to happen. In a second, Hope was letting loose small aurospheres behind her as she flew, forcing the Zoelis to focus more on dodging and slow down. Good news, the few that hit did seem to really affect the Zoelis. Another time jump, why did this always happen during battles? And they both were high in the air, high above the top of the open-air arena, much higher than Hope had ever gone in training. Wave. I only heard the tail end of Renee's command. Keep using aurospheres behind you, I said, squinting to try and see what was happening. I might have seen some blue-up above, but I couldn't really tell what was happening until Hope began to spiral down. Hope? est paralysed, Death said. I took out her Pokeball. Hope, try and level out, you can do it. I heard her chirp distantly, but nothing changed in her movement. At some point she stopped spiraling and started tumbling, which was a change but not a positive one. Come on, Hope! As she grew nearer, the speed she'd built up became clear. She'd have fallen faster if she was diving, but falling from the height she'd gained would do a little worse than knock her out. Return, I said, catching her before she could hit the ground.
2: Togekiss has forfeited the round. The first matchup goes to Zuelis.
0: Good job anyway, Hope, I said, patting the Pokeball and putting it away. I reached for another Pokeball, but a moment later, Prom was already on the battlefield, fighting a giant... Feraligator? But... Brown? Okay, timeout. <laughs> um, let's just go over all the Pokemon from Unova that I actually know. We've got Daikinki, uh technically Samurott but the Hoenn name is cooler. We've got Dream Eating Pink Balloon, Seasonal Stantler, Flying Pachirisu, uh, sort of like if you took the general form of an Arbok and superiority complex of a Napoleon and combined them and then made them grass, Goth Gardevoir, and last but not least, Goth Gallade with knives. You may have noticed, brown Feraligator is not on the list. Judging by the earthquake currently rocking the arena though, this was a ground type. Quarkerock, crunch. And maybe dark again? Wait, was this a dark type trainer? Renee's outfit easily supported that idea. Ooh, maybe I'd get to see Goth gallied with knives. Another skip in time, and Prom came crashing down with a large pond's worth of water onto the croc rock croc croc croc. The croc croc toppled over.
2: Krokorok is unable to battle. Match two goes to Weasel.
0: Thanks, Prom. Sorry I couldn't be there. He says it's okay, said Kerr. I sent out Trust as Renee sent out and- Aha! I know this one. Oh, shit, that's a water type. Okay, Trust, stick to fighting moves. Mock punch, like we discussed. Trust dashed forward, led by the white light in his fist. Smokey, dodge and use agility, Renee shouted. The Daikinki, aka Samurant, aka Smoky, I guess, sidestepped Trust's punch and darted away, glowing faintly. Time jumped backwards into Prom's battle. I watched him blast the Crocroc with Water Pulse before I jumped back to Trust's battle. This time, instead of fighting a Daikenki, Trust was battling an unfamiliar black and red canine. The Pokemon let out a ripple of darkness. A moment later, Trust was fighting a Daikenki again. I couldn't keep track of all these time jumps. What did I miss? Not much. The Samurott is speedy, but that's about it, said Kerr. The Samurott blasted a quick series of Water Pulses at Trust, who dodged and dodged again. A water pulse burst against his shoulder in passing, but instead of seeming hurt at all, Trust just looked perplexed. What's going on? He isn't sure, but he says it didn't feel like water. Smokey, home claws, Rene called out. The Daikinki's front claws glowed white. That didn't make sense either. Daikinkis use swords, I'm very sure of that. But Smokey's swords stayed sheathed in his arm scabbards.
2: Evelyn, je ne peux pas read this Pokemon,
0: Definite said, confused. And then it all made sense. The non-water, the Hone Claws, the other Pokemon I'd seen battling Trust, the fact that Rene called this Pokemon Smokey, rather than Samurott. Trust, don't worry about the water, that's not a Samurott. Get in there and get some fighting type hits in. Trust's feet glowed white as he immediately propelled himself forward. Smokey blasted water his way, trying to keep him back, but Trust ran through like it was fog. Trust punched. Smokey dodged with his boosted speed, but didn't escape a kick imbued with Mach Punch style fighting energy. A veil dropped. Smokey was no longer a Daikinki, but the black and red Pokemon I'd seen before. Later? Future side, Ooh, Trust landed several solid hits. Smokey dodged a few before he switched to countering with his claws. Shadow and dark energy rose from his hands, barely boosting the damage done to Trust by his scratches. Trust seemed to preempt Smokey's movements, countering swipes with punches just below its claws. I hadn't seen this kind of speed from Trust in months. A blow to the jaw sent Smokey flying. Trust leaped after him, fist pulled back with fighting energy. He paused just above Smokey and waited. Smokey didn't move. Trust let the fighting energy subside.
2: Zoroark is unable to battle. Infinite wins match three.
0: Nicely done, Trust, I said, swapping him out. We had a 2 1 lead. I already knew my fourth match pick. Kerr, it's yours. I'd barely sent her out when a time jump knocked me all the way back to Promise Battle. I was only there for a split second before the battle shifted to Trust versus Smokey the Daikinky. Trust, that's a dark type in disguise. Go for another jump. Kerr was mid-battle with- Ah yes, his goth can't lead with knives! <laughs> Kerr was darting around, leaving behind Lavender orospheres like landmines. The- I'm so sorry, I don't know the actual name. Knifey Boy was picking his way through the auraspheres, which I took to mean he didn't have any special attacks that could be effective on Kerr. A jump. The spiky emo Pokemon slashed at Kerr twice with a light green energy I associated with bug types. She fell to the ground, Auraspheres fizzling out around the battlefield.
2: Umbrogon is unable to battle! Bish.
0: Another jump, and she was conscious again. Goth Khalid's name was Bish? Careful of the fury cutters, I warned her. Another jump?
2: Unable to battle. Umbreon wins match four, which means Evelyn Myers of Twinleaf Town is the winner.
0: Come on, Dioga, let me have this, please, I muttered, walking forward to shake hands with Renee. I stayed on edge as I returned to the arena concourse through the green room, and met up with Thomas again, and returned to the festival. But time continued to flow smoothly and cheerfully as if it never deviated from consistency. The bastard. Oh, hold up. What was that Pokemon called? Which one? Goth Gallade? I never heard the full name. Goth Gallade? <laughs> yeah, you know, pointy dude, knivy boy, stabby stabby bish. Kirk did eventually tell me the Pokemon was a Bisharp, but she was laughing so hard it took a while to get there. Thanks for listening! Thomas is voiced by Tim Markham, Don by Emily Liu, and Lucas by Sean as Navid, Sean, Mishy, Emily, and Renee are all voiced by themselves. Casey Armstrong voices the ref in 63, Sean as is, is the ref in 64, Casey Armstrong voices Kurt, Omar Gomez voices Definite, and somehow no one has stopped me from voicing Ashley. Perks of casting your own audiobook, I guess. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app, rate the pod five stars, check us out on Instagram at ChanceOutLoud for random bonus content that ends up being whatever the fuck I want it to be. If you want to sidestep my ultra slow audio publishing rate in favor of the written version, you can find Chance on fanfiction.net or ArchiveEverOwn. Links are in the description. See you next time, whatever that is.